Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 562. Stay true to passion and align yourselves with people with similar passionate ideas and goals. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Dieter Heinz Kiora. Dieter, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Let's roll. All right. Dieter Heinz Kiora owns HG Motorsports in San Diego, California. There he and his team collaborate to deliver the best service in the industry. Fueled by passion, they ensure unmatched service for every client they serve. HG Motorsports provides maintenance, service, functional high-performance installations, track prep, and fabrication for high-performance automobiles. His legacy goes back to his grandfather, Heinz, who crewed for the legendary Augie Pabst Racing, that's pretty cool, and later owned Heinz Geetz Auto House, Mercedes-Benz dealership in La Jolla, California, where I grew up, I remember that dealership well. I remember looking in the window at all the new Mercedes-Benz when they would have it in there. Wonderful place there along Torrey Pines Road. Dieter's mission is to transform a driver's passion into a high-performance vehicle through the legacy of excellence. So, Dieter Hines, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career, your business, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Pretty cool. You're welcome. It's always nice to uh, to hear somebody that's you know local to La Jolla, and La Jolla is such a small town, and and uh, and anybody anybody that's you know done anything in cars, especially in La Jolla, it's, uh, has a has a friend of a friend that's that's still a friend. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Absolutely. But yeah, so I uh, I mean I was born into a, a, a petrol family, and uh, you know my grandfather obviously came to the U.S with Mercedes-Benz to deliver the first Gullwing in the early 50s when they were still in Studebaker dealerships. And he delivered Gullwings to Mr. Sears and Mr. Roebuck and then obviously Augie Pabst and and people like that. Uh, And then he began doing race support with Augie and came out west. And Augie's mom called and said, hey, come back to the brewery. And, uh, And my grandpa coming from you know, po- post World War II Germany, ending up in in California in the Southwest, said, "Hey, 
Uh, I don't think I'm going any farther east than here. So yeah. uh, let's just stay here. He helped open up Mercedes-Benz of San Diego uh, when it first started. Uh, that had to be mid to early 60s. Mm-hmm. And then he was known as the Gullwing or 300 SL uh, man. And he then uh, started his own small shop and then opened up the dealership in 1969 in La Jolla. Cool. And um, there were about 14-ish of the original, they were service-only dealers, which then, in that time, you could do European delivery, you could have a couple cars for sale, but it was mainly a service and warranty authorized dealer. Ah, okay. They were small points, you know, like San Jose, Monterey, La Jolla, you know, they were these smaller venues that they didn't need to have a full dealer, but it was a place where many, many Mercedes cars would, would often be. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Mercedes was growing, and they wanted to be able to support the brand in those markets. I see. And then, uh, yeah, and then so then it just kind of grew from there. And, and like I said, most of those original 14 became, you know, full dealers. Uh, some of them either moved or went away. And we, because of having Mercedes-Benz of San Diego, they actually moved from downtown San Diego to Kearney Mesa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they moved into our technical, you know, uh, AOI area of influence. Uh, we were never allowed from Mercedes-Benz to have a full-fledged dealer because a bigger dealer uh, was already in our area. Mm. But because of our loyal customer base and my grandpa's ability to change La Jolla from a Cadillac town to a Mercedes town, <laughs> yes, we had you know forty plus years of of uh, longevity and and great service to the community and and to the customers. Absolutely, yeah. I remember driving by, stopping, looking the window there on my bicycle and the cool cars and the display room floor and uh, pretty good legacy. So I was excited to to have a family member here on the show, and we're going to learn a lot about you and what you're doing in your automotive business. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote, some kind of saying or mantra that has some meaning to you, either in your business or your affection for cars. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Dieter Heinz, take the wheel. Yeah, build it right and build it well. Build it Um, right and build it well. Well, what you do for customers, for your clients, explain that a little bit and how do you incorporate that mantra into your business? Yeah, so fast forward, uh, opening the dealership, I started working full-time, and after college, I was racing full-time as well. I had a 500-horsepower Mitsubishi Evo that I was racing in time trial and time attack and special events, Mm -hmm. and we did that for about five years straight from 04 to 09, and we had the SoCal Championship, and then we got third place at Nationals two years in a row due to a mechanical issue, but... That five years of racing and doing, you know, the national championship and and having those mechanical issues really taught me a lot, uh, you know, from from the ground level of what to do, how to do it, the partners to use, and really a grassroots kind of eye-opening experience of what to do, what not to do, and, and how to do it, and how not to do it, and uh, and all those bits and pieces. Well, give me an example. If I had a really nice sports car, say a high-end Mercedes, a Porsche, whatever it might be, and I came to HG Motorsports, what are all the things that I could expect from your business? We basically got to do from from mild to wild, mild being, you know, regular service, 
a little bit of tuning, uh, you know, Olin's coilovers, Brembo brakes, maybe a, a Kropovich exhaust, and then you kind of get a little wilder into the customer that just uses it from point A to point B. Then you have the customer that uses it point A to point B, but they like to drive excited most of the time. <laughs> then you have customers that use the car maybe once a week, but when they do use it once a week, they have it optimized for extreme sport driving conditions. Some mm -hmm. of that might be on the street. Some of that might be on the track. Mm -hmm. And then we get into the wild, which is the full race setting. And that can be a street car that we take and make a race car or a cup car, whether that's a GT4, GT3 spec car that we can run uh, in, a set, in a particular series. I see. Very cool. I love it. Well, let's go back in time. You grew up in a petrol family, obviously, influenced by your grandfather. I assume your father as well. But would you share a story that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in time when you realized that you, too, were a car guy? Well, I started as a bike guy growing up in Europe in the summertime. You know, you couldn't in Europe, you can't drive a car until you're 18, but you can have a, a moped and a dirt bike from the age of as little as you want. Mm -hmm. So I started in the in the in the bike world with my godfather restoring pre and post war uh motorcycles. Cool. And then as I got older, obviously then I was introduced to cars and, and said, Hey, this is kind of the same thing, just faster <laughs> and you can take people with you. And uh and then it kind of spiraled from there. I don't know, I think probably just watching watching in Europe the WRC I think is kind of really what what spawned my my automotive curiosity is just watching those guys in the WRX and and the Evos just I mean they're going wide open throttle in dirt dust mud snow track uh, you know all of the above right and the amount of car control and how those cars function through any and every situation is just wild. Oh, I watch those videos and I just, <laughs> it freaks me out. I mean, I like to drive fast. I used to race vintage cars, but rally, oh my gosh, those guys yeah. are on the razor's edge all the time. I just, I don't know how they do it. It's kind of like watching MotoGP or the Isle of Man. Uh, you just watch these guys go, man, that takes some skill. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So I, it's funny. I, my first car, I was hoping for a, a, a bug eye WRX. You know, because you'd have the turbo, you have the all-wheel drive, you have the stick shift. I ended up getting a pickup truck because I was so into bikes. I had a bunch of dirt bikes and stuff like that. And so I got a truck first instead of a sports car. And then I modified my, my truck for kind of dual purpose, a little bit of everything. And then when I when I turned 18, I then the Evo came out and I decided, okay, I missed the, the Bug Eye WRX, but now the Evo is here, you know, when it came to the U.S. in 03. And I said... You know, I saw a red one at a dealership, and red has kind of turned into my color, so I kind of fell in <laughs> yeah. love at first sight, yeah. and, uh, and it was just wild from there. Yeah, sounds like you've been having some fun. So, Dieter Hines, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've got your own business. Being an entrepreneur is fraught with ups and downs, roller coasters. You're in a competitive field. Could you share with us a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way? This could be in your business or back in your racing career. But really, the most important part of this is how did you overcome it? What did you learn from it so you could move forward? So take us to that painful moment. Share that with us. But tell us how it helped you progress. Uh, yeah, but basically, you get you get a lot of a lot of little letdowns in you know relying you know hoping to rely on other people and and you know usually that's something that 
you should have just taken the extra five minutes to just do yourself or maybe even, you know, it takes a day depending on what it is. But sometimes those those little failures can turn into big ones. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, stuff like that, whether it's, uh, you know, ordering a, a front splitter or, or checking the front splitter and having the front splitter come apart because nobody checked it, you know, once you drive to Ohio and you get to the track and then you have no more front splitter. Oh, gosh, uh, yeah. Like, stuff like that or, or in the business sense, if somebody forgets to write something down, you don't have it on paper, you don't have a signature. It's the little things that snowball into the larger upsets and, and failures. And that's the, that's the biggest thing to, to overcome and, and just being able to really just say, Hey, I've, I got to do it myself. And, you know, finding, finding the right people this day and age is probably the hardest right. and grooming, grooming them to be able to operate on their own. You know, I think you hit a nail on the head. I've had Many, most of the guests here have been entrepreneurs owning their own businesses and finding great people, training those people uh, to be around so that they do the things the way you want them to be done. Or maybe they do them a little different, but they still end up with the same results is a big, big challenge. There's a great book that I read years ago. I was running a business called uh, by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth. That was a huge benefit to me in helping me understand how to set up better systems, procedures, trainings, things like that with uh, employees yeah. and things. So if you haven't read that book, put it on your shelf uh, or perhaps yeah. you have. It's a great one. Well, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when the headlights kind of illuminate your way for a new direction or a new idea. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Yeah, so and that's kind of what we're actually transitioning into right now is uh is we started in racing and then when I started working full time I, I stopped racing and we do and we were doing more uh tuner work, let's say, and that's mm-hmm. uh you know, a supercharger or coilovers or brakes or wheels or things like that. And in the last year we've made a big push to dive into the Porsche market ah, cool. um, because we've, we've all fallen more in love in, in the Porsche and we call <laughs> it right now the year of the Porsche. Yeah. And, uh, and we're really focusing with the Porsche and a few other cars, uh, GTR and the new Camaro Z28 and the new Mustang GT350, mm-hmm. uh, really getting back into the track. And our focus going into this end of this year and then next year is really transforming the motorsport business from a tuner side to a racing side back to how kind of was when we started. Oh, really interesting. Now, what has caused you to move down that path? It's, uh, it's kind of a, a, a grouping of many different things. Um, you know, the vendors. Uh, dealing with vendors, dealing with with parts, dealing with cars, the emissions trouble, the warranty trouble, also the cars themselves getting more advanced, the product gets more advanced, and it's almost more difficult to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And especially with the Porsche, I mean, the Porsche is a it, it's it's complex, but it's simple. You know, you know, hey, if you do this, if you do this, this, and that, it's going to do this, this, and that. Some other cars they react differently. And it's not as cut and dry as it is on the Porsches. And in the racing side, especially if you're in a spec series, it's very simple. You know, it's it, from from a cloud level. It's hey, I have this car. I can only make this much horsepower. I have to use this tire. I have to use this brake pad. And now we have to get somebody in there that can drive the wheels off of it and win. Uh, so there's 
a lot more smaller things to worry about, but it makes it a lot more enjoyable because you're dealing with little things here and there and not a big forest fire to get it going. Right. Great. Well, we wish you the best success with that transition. Sounds really fun. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular that stands out you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, winning uh, winning the SoCal um, time trial w- was one. Obviously, opening up uh, our facility because we had the motorsport facility was inside the Mercedes dealership for a while. Mm-hmm. And being able to move that out of the dealership and move it here to the Sorrento Valley location and having the, our first grand opening and having that many people come and see the shop and then just be excited about us being here. And that's kind of the most, the most enjoyment we get is from seeing smiles on other people's faces. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of where I, I saw my grandfather doing that when I was little or, or younger, but it didn't really, it didn't really click to me. And then when I was racing, you know, it was, I was so excited that I was racing, but now as I've been doing more, team management kind of crew chief-esque work and helping my customers get to the track and seeing their face when they get a a faster lap time or break a record or, you know, something like that is more enjoyment for me than it is for me to do that by myself. I understand completely. There's nothing like uh, helping your customers achieve their goals. Uh, Not only is it rewarding, but it secures future business down the road as well because they look back and say, I'm going back to Dieter Heinz. He helped me get here. So very nice. I like it. Well, let's have a little bit of fun, a little more fun here. And tell me about your first really special car or special bike since you were into motorcycles and maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle. Um, I would say that, I mean, probably my first my first car, which was my, I had a Toyota Tundra. I think those came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the first supercharger from TRD, went through like, you know, three different styles of wheels till I found the one that I liked, three different styles of suspension until we found the, the one that worked the best. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, I put... 75,000 miles on that truck within two, three years and just drove it everywhere. Yeah, um, you must everybody, have. Everybody laughs at me because they're like, man, you're just, you're always driving. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll go to, you know, I'll get in the car and go to Arizona for lunch and then come back or something like that. You know, that's kind of <laughs> the joke. It's like, yeah, let's go have lunch in San Francisco or, you know, I don't, I, I get into a car, whether it's a car or a truck or the trailer and just hop in and go. I mean, we've driven, you know, we drove straight to Ohio two years in a row. Wow. Just a, a buddy of mine, we loaded up the truck, put the car in the trailer, and drove to mid-Ohio. You know, no big deal, just on the road. Just did it. Um, <laughs> just something of being being in the seat, being in the wheel. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what, what you're driving as long as you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just kind of cool. I need to get you a pilot's license if you're lunching in places that are 400 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> but sound, yeah, sounds 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 like you're having fun driving for sure. That's that's great. Yeah. How about a car that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Is there one in particular that comes to mind? Yeah, I had a 2006 E55 AMG. Oh, uh, nice, nice cars. And I dialed that thing in the way that I wanted, and I I should have just left it alone. But I got bored and started tinkering with stuff. I think I kind of fell out of love with the extra tinkering that I did and and it was more of falling, you know, out of love with the extras instead of the car. Right. And I really should have just 
gone back and and kept the car and untinkered with the with the bits and pieces but that's one car that i really want back very nice cars what fun well let's talk about today and tomorrow in your business you touched on how you're transitioning in your business but what are you guys working on today that really has you excited and fired up well actually yesterday and today we've got a brand new ferrari 488 uh in the shop that's getting the akrapovich exhaust nice it's beautiful to see a brand new car come straight from a customer's house or straight from the dealership after they bought it with less than 50 miles on it and the customer's already just super excited <laughs> yeah. about, you know tinkering with it and doing doing something to it to make it unique you know i mean a lot of these cars granted in ferrari world production is low right but here in southern california it seems like they all show up here <laughs> and so you go to a cars and coffee and there's going to be three white ferraris lined up together there's going to be right five red ones driving down pch so i think that's kind of always been the socal automotive world is you know how how can we make it different how can we make it unique but doing that with quality parts and, and quality work right yeah, very cool. Wonderful. Yeah, I moved up here to the Pacific Northwest almost 25 years ago, and uh, I do miss all the wonderful cars down there. Although there's a lot of great cars up here, too, some amazing collections of cars. But yeah. down there, you go to the grocery store, and yeah, there'd just be all the cool stuff sitting there. So uh, I do miss that. I got to get back and visit more often. Now, here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would Dieter Heinz be, and why? Hmm. I would probably go with that that E55. Mm-hmm. And why is that? You got the torque, you've got the air ride, so uh, you know it, it handles well enough, but it's still smooth for all roads that you might uh, arrive on. And you've got <laughs> the adjustability to be sometimes you could be stiff and sometimes you can be soft. There you go. And it's just a very uh, simple, classic body line, and obviously four doors come in handy you know seats fold down and, and golf clubs and and snowboards and four or five people you know anything anything is possible with that kind of car there you go plus the uh, heritage and history of your grandfather's connection with mercedes-benz so i like it well Dieter, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsors if you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over congratulations you're ahead of most people but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Dieter Hines, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yep. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, man. If you, if you don't love it, don't do it. <laughs> yes, definitely. I've heard that from some of my guests. If you're looking to buy a car, don't buy it for someone else. Buy it for yourself, how you feel about it versus what the trends right. are, whatever that might be. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? 
always trying to be involved and just being involved and being around no matter the time uh, or the issue or the work involved. Right, doing what has to be done. And now how about a resource? There are some great resources out there, but is there one in particular you think the Cars Out listeners would enjoy? Hmm. I think Jalopnik right now probably has the most up-to-date info and and um, prowess on what's going in or, or on in the automotive world. Matt Hardigree was a guest here on Cars Yeah. He's the uh, editor-in-chief at Jaloptic, of course. So uh, they have a great site. A lot of fun, a lot of things to learn there and enjoy. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners should read as well? Yeah, I like the uh, – there was a book by Ben Collins. I think he was the Stig, uh, the former Stig on Top Gear. It's How to Drive. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's funny because I have uh, one of my spare helmets is the Stig helmet. <laughs> cool. Um, and he's holding it. That's kind of what caught my eye is he's got the same helmet yeah. on, the, on the front of the book. Yeah, cool. Great book. That sits on my shelf as well. Quite enjoyable for sure. All right, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Dieter Hines has been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Dieter Hines, D-I-E-T-E-R hyphen H-E-I-N-Z. Last name is Kiora, K-I-J-O-R-A in the search bar, and that page will pop right up. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Dieter, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, something cool, something old, but something you could take out and enjoy and drive, but money's no object, I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why? I am really in love with the old Mercedes-Benz 540K. Oh, oh my God, the real old ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. is it about that car that you like so much? Well, we have a going. And I think the Gullwing is kind of the, the next forward generation car. I mean, it was ahead of its time. But that 540K was kind of the, I think, the real leap into the future for Mercedes-Benz. And that just classic body line from that car and just the presence that that car had between the size and the power and the, and the look um, is just wild. Yeah, I've seen those at Concours events, like on the lawn at Pebble Beach, Amelia Island, or other right. shows. And the car has just got a presence to it that it looks like right. a sports car, but it's a big monster. It's a it's yeah. a beast of those big, beautiful pipes coming out of the bonnet and kind of flowing into the fender. So, right. yeah, thankfully my my grandfather was able to to keep a a, a 300 SL Gullwing and a 300 SL Roadster. Oh, uh, nice! Which I drive quite often uh-huh. but uh yeah since in, in theory i was uh he was generous enough to keep those in the family but uh the, the 540k is just uh, on a whole nother level uh yeah definitely well it's a beautiful car lovely what color would you like that 540k to be um uh, i'd probably just go in, in mercedes mercedes silver although i think with that car black probably looks the best but, uh, yeah, I would I would maybe either go for black or silver. Probably uh, black. Nice choice. Nice choice. Red and terrible. Even better. Very cool. Well, Dieter Hines, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed your stories and learning more about you and your family history and what you're doing today with your business. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Car Show listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Mercedes-Benz 540K? <laughs> Stay true to passion and uh, and align yourselves with people with similar passionate 
uh, ideas and goals. Excellent advice and listeners. That's exactly what you've done today. You've aligned yourselves with Dieter Heinz and myself here at Cars. Yeah, I appreciate you listening in. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Either the website, uh, hgmotorsports.com, obviously all social media applications, HG Motorsports, I think is our username for most of them. Uh, And then also on YouTube, uh, if you look at our YouTube uh, account or or page, there's quite a few videos of uh, what we've done, what we're up to, and then uh, we'll be launching some videos later this year from our racing uh, actions. Hopefully we win uh, nationals this year. And then uh, we'll be rolling into next year pretty heavy. Very cool. I wish you the best of success with all of that. And listeners, again, you can find everything we've talked about here at CarsDad.com. Again, just type Dieter Hines into the search bar and his page will pop right up with all those links. Thank you, Dieter Hines, for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the CarsDad listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Awesome. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.